ECDC On Air. The podcast of the European Centre for Disease Prevention and Control. Keeping up to date with European epidemiology. Hello and welcome to ECDC On Air. I'm your host Nicholas and here with me today I have Cornelia Adelhock, who is one of ECDC's experts on influenza. Welcome Cornelia. Hi Nicholas, nice to be here. You've been here with us earlier to talk about avian flu, but today we're going to talk about the seasonal flu. When we record this now, it's the middle of October. How concerned do you think that we should be about the flu? Influenza has not really changed now over the last COVID-19 pandemic. So influenza is still influenza and we have seen a large and high burden in the population pre-pandemic. And so whenever there is influenza circulating, we will see people getting sick having to to be admitted to hospital and even dying due to flu. Before COVID-19 was there, influenza had the highest burden in the population. So, of course, influenza is a disease where we are concerned and where, where people are infected and affected on different aspects, particularly also healthcare, on the healthcare system, that when now influenza might circulate plus COVID might circulate, we could see that additional pressure is put on the healthcare system as well. Is there anything we can say about the concerns about a dual pandemic with flu and COVID-19? So, and when when talking about the co-circulation of influenza and and SARS-CoV-2 over the winter period, we have had the experience over the last two years that we have not really seen parallel waves where influenza and COVID-19 would have peaked at the same times, but we have rather seen a change in the pattern. And that might be that one virus has advantages to be the first to be able to infect the population. And then when this advantage over time diminishes, then the second virus, like for example, influenza, can come back and circulates in the population. That's fortunate for us, I guess, then, because uh, if we would have two peaks coinciding at the same time, it could be potentially quite severe consequences, right? If the peaks are different at different time points, it will still add into the burden of the disease, particularly on healthcare patients that are hospitalized. They will not just be one week uh, in, in the hospital, but will probably stay longer in hospital. So whenever then another wave of respiratory virus infections come, that would also cause additional patients to uh, that, re- that are required to be hospitalized. So that adds, of course, into the burden uh, on healthcare overall. Can you then tell me a little bit, what can we expect from the upcoming flu season? In general, influenza cannot really be predicted. And now having having had two exceptional influenza seasons since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, it is even more difficult to really make a prediction for the next season or for the upcoming season. While we have seen for the last year, for example, a very low and very late influenza circulation, which reached even into the summer period and where we have also seen detections and outbreaks in countries which are rather holiday destinations than influenza hotspots during the summer. So it, what we are also seeing in several regions in the world is that uh, early detections are reported. So there is some speculation that we will probably or that we could see early start of the season. And uh, what do the forecasts say in terms of which type of flu that is likely to dominate the season? So last season, we had a very um, H3N2 dominated season, which usually affects more the elderly. But what we have also seen now over the last couple of months in different regions of the world 
that a more mixed picture has been developed with more H1N1 pdm or 9 so the pandemic H1 virus, but also B viruses popping up. And we, we see this the same picture now also in the latest data uh, with a more mixed picture with H1, with H3 and with B viruses. So it will be an interesting season which virus will be dominating or if we see three viruses uh, co-circulating at the same time. Can you tell me then a little bit about the best ways to prevent flu from spreading? Influenza is a respiratory virus and I think we had a long lesson over the last two years how to prevent respiratory virus spread. So what has been true for COVID-19 is of course more than true for influenza, like avoid crowded places and if you need to go to crowded places, use a face mask, stay at home when you're sick. That is, I think, the most critical part, not to spread your own bugs uh, and to share your own bugs with others. Keep distance, have your sneezing and coughing hygiene, so use your elbow instead of your hand. And hand washing is also one of the measures that is, of course, not only helpful against influenza, but to many other diseases and pathogens as well. And vaccination, I understand that's uh, something that's quite important as well. Vaccination against influenza is, of course, a very important measure, particularly in the elderly to prevent severe disease and also death. But also for risk groups, we have recommendations in many countries uh, that should get influenza vaccines early when the season starts to prevent severe outcomes. If people then get vaccinated, how effective is it actually? We have seen different effectivenesses against the different uh, virus subtypes and lineages. So the data for last season was uh, quite good for against the H1 PDM9 viruses, lower for the H3 and 2 viruses, where we have also seen in the past that the vaccine components have some limitations there, particularly in the elderly, and we also see a, a waning of immunity over the season. So what we have also recommended last season with the H3 and 2 circulation that also antiviral treatment is a measure to protect the elderly when there are outbreaks, for example, in the in long-term care facilities to prevent severe disease. We've seen now over the last year or two that there's been really a lot of outbreaks of flu in birds and poultry. Is this something that we should be worrying about now during this flu season? I must say now the avian influenza situation has continued over the summer um, with unprecedented outbreaks up to Svalbard, to Iceland, and even down to Portugal and Spain, which we have never seen over the summer season. So we, we still see a lot of outbreaks happening at the moment, and we are now facing um, uh, having the, the migratory birds coming back from their summer breeding sites into Europe, um, into, into their overwintering sites. So we will probably see more introduction uh, into that one. But the key thing is that for the general population, we don't see a large risk at the moment uh, for avian influenza, but it's very critical to still keep the awareness for the, the, the potential of avian influenza viruses uh, spreading to humans and transmitting to humans. So therefore, surveillance and monitoring and testing is very crucial. But this is most likely only targeted to those which are exposed to infected birds, for example, when there are outbreaks happening in a farm or if there are wild birds dying on the coastline or in the, in the wild and these are uh, then picked up and, and destroyed. So for those which are really directly exposed to, to, to birds. We talked a little bit earlier about the COVID-19 pandemic and, and the effects of that. 
I would just like to understand a bit more. Is there anything that we can you know take as lessons learned from that and then apply to influenza? Because both viruses are respiratory viruses and in some ways are a bit similar. Are there any lessons learned that can be applied? We have seen that all of the measures that have been applied to lower the circulation of COVID-19 was able to nearly completely avoid a whole influenza season during winter and now has also disrupted kind of the circulation of influenza uh, as we have known how, how influenza circulates uh, in all of the, the pre-pandemic years. But we have also seen that all of the measures work to lower this, the spread of influenza. And what we have also seen for COVID, that vaccines work pretty well to prevent the severe disease and fatal outcomes. And that is also true for influenza. So that is also a, a reminder that all of the measures that have been now implemented over the last two years for against COVID are very well suited to, to fight flu. Do you think that uh, the, the COVID-19 pandemic has changed the general public's perception of flu and its risks? I mean, uh, for example, we, we've had the COVID-19 vaccination fatigue and misinformation that's also impacted on people's willingness to take the flu shot. Yeah, do you think that's the case? I would rather think the opposite. I think the last two years have been a awakening call for the population to really understand the impact and the and the importance and the severity of of respiratory viruses. Um, having so many many people also having suffered and having had COVID nineteen, being hospitalized probably or knowing people who have been in hospitals or having even died, and what the data now shows also that there is still like. 75% of the population still believe that vaccines, for example, are safe and effective. And I think that is what we have been been expecting already also before the pandemic. And I, and I think this perception has not much changed over the last two years, having also the, the very intense experience with the implementation of the COVID-19 vaccination programs. And still the majority of the population is very well aware and, and positive for vaccination. So uh, do you have any final words to our listeners now for the upcoming flu season? What's, what's the best way to, to be prepared for that? To be aware that it's not only COVID-19 that is circulating, we have also influenza and we have other respiratory viruses circulating. So best is get your COVID-19 update according to the recommendations in the countries. Get a flu shot to protect yourself and the people around yourself. And uh, think about hygiene measures like hand washing, sneezing and coughing etiquette and staying at home when you're getting sick. Okay, great. Thanks a lot for that advice, Connie. And uh, I hope to have you here at some other point. Thank you, Nicholas. It was a pleasure. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of ECDC On Air. For more information about ECDC and its work on influenza, please visit us on ecdc.europa.eu where you can easily click yourself through to our dedicated seasonal influenza pages or follow us on social media.